Hello, and welcome to our seventh episode of Life, Love, and Leadership by Real Leadership Company. Uh, I'm Tom Ray, and on the line with me is Bert Koppel. Say hello, Bert. Hello, everybody. Great to be with you once again. Yes, once again, indeed. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's It's been a little bit, but we're happy you guys are all with us today. Absolutely. Uh, so, well, we've got a lot to share today and uh, cram into this time that we have together, but we wanted to bring you up to speed into everything that's been going on over the past few weeks. Uh, a lot has gone on, and uh, we are just so full of expectation and excitement of what's to come. And by the way, the best is yet to come. So, Hey, Bert, why don't you give us a little highlight uh, from, uh, well, first, let's kick this show off, as we always do, uh, with an attitude of gratitude. Share something that you're thankful for today. Yeah, you know, this this past week uh, was kind of rough at the uh, the company that I own. We had to move on from two employees that were had a lot of tenure that had been with us for a long time. One had been with us for 16 years, one for 14 years. And today I'm just grateful for new beginnings. Uh, it's new beginnings for both of them and new chapters in their lives, but also uh, some new beginnings for the company as well. And grateful for the fact that I've learned over the years that there's a time and a place uh, that where you have to move on from people that are with the company. You know, when you, when they first came on board, maybe they were in the right seat on the bus and everything was going good and sometimes you have to help people get off the bus um and so i'm just grateful and thankful for the chance that we have some new folks coming onto the team and we were able to release some people from the team and i think we did it uh in a way that showed them dignity and respect and uh and we have a chance to move on and start something new so i'm excited for new beginnings this week awesome awesome uh here's mine uh so this just happened so um, our refrigerator broke down, and uh, I ordered a part. I didn't expect it till Monday, and it came today. And so I'm hoping this new part will help me get my refrigerator back up and running again so that we can have cool food. All right? Because so, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, hot milk is not very good, especially no, when it's in, no. in a refrigerator. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, disclaimer, we did throw the old milk away. So, uh, or would it be cottage cheese? I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's great and uh, awesome. New beginnings. The best is yet to come, right? Uh, Absolutely. So, hey, so, hey why don't you uh, tell us where, or tell everybody where we've been uh, in our little trip that we got to take together and uh, – and all that's transpired since then. Let's kind of kick that off. Yeah, so we got to go to the International Maxwell Certification uh, training and, and, and conference that was held in Orlando, Florida last month. And, uh, oh, it was just so fantastic to be able to spend amazing quality time with John Maxwell and all the different people on his team. Uh, it was fantastic. You go down to the seminar, you get to hear all the different classes, you get the opportunity to see uh, the, the different people who are part of the organization and just to meet some amazing people. And you find, you come to find out that there's, I think you said, what are over 26,000 uh, Maxwell coaches throughout the entire world, um, not just in the U S. And then you find out that the John Maxwell methods are being taught 
in, in government institutions and in school systems around the globe to teach basic values, human values that a lot of countries, I guess, they're lacking. Um, and we don't think about that here in the U.S., but uh, there was one guest speaker that was there who was talking about what was being done in France and in Portugal and all these different countries and how literally millions of children in, in their, their public schools are going through these John Maxwell leadership and values training programs to, to potentially change the world, not just in your neighborhood, but in their cities, their states, their countries, their continents. Uh, this is a big deal. And um, we're just, I don't know about you, Tom, but I left there feeling so proud to be part of the John Maxwell team and the organization. And uh, not only that, but just to have some more tools in our tool belt that we can bring back to people through the coaching and the mentoring that we do. And uh, gosh, it was just such an awesome experience. It, it sure was. And, and, uh, and, and think if we could have had this kind of exposure to something like this when we were going to school. Um, you know, how it may have impacted our lives even more um, as it has already. So uh, that's pretty awesome. So would that be a takeaway from you uh, for from that event? Oh, Tom, there's so many takeaways. We could spend five days talking on the phone about the takeaways. It was just, you know, the, the biggest takeaways for me, the biggest one is when, when John in the opening night said to us that, there are so many people out there who are looking for success. You know, everybody wants to be a success. Everyone wants to accomplish and achieve and do. But he said, real leaders look beyond success and they want to find significance. And when you stop looking for success, success is short term. You know, you can have a successful project, a successful year. You can have a successful run. Um, you can have a successful marketing campaign. Whatever the deal is, success is short-term, and it always comes to an end with a project. And when it's done, you have to start all over again. Significance lasts well beyond what you're doing today, well, well beyond the project. Significance is adding, as John Maxwell says, legs to your legacy, Right. I yeah. think successful people want to leave a legacy. And I was saying to someone today in, in the, the mastermind group we were doing, he, he kept talking about that he wants, he wants the recognition and he wants to be recognized and for the achievements that he's accomplished in his life, but he wants it to go beyond him. And we talked about the importance that everybody, whether you want to or not, or whether you think you are or not, everybody is leaving a legacy, right? Every one of us. Yeah, but we have a choice to say how far does that legacy go, right? And yeah. and those who have been successful and those who want to be significant and leave their mark on the world, they have to give legs to their legacy. So when they do pass away or when 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 they're not able to perform anymore or whatever the case is, the legacy of what they've done continues on into the future, impacting future generations. And that was just inspiring for me to know that. You know, I I don't want to be a success. I want to I want to I want to make significant changes to the world and help people around me, and give legs to my legacy, and that's important stuff. And that that's what I took away. How how about you, Tom? Well, like you said, there's so much that was there. It's it's like information overload. It's like drinking water from a fire hose. It was right. just 
powerful yeah. uh, on so many different levels. But something that really captivated me, you know, uh, John Maxwell talks about adding value to people, adding value, adding value, adding value. And that's always been important to me, but to see it not only spoke about, but to see it displayed during the conference um, was just so powerful. Um, John was doing this little joke uh, kind of to an icebreaker, and and he said something to the fact of, um, you know, your neighbor is your friend, basically, and, and then he said, jokingly, he said, now, if you really want to know if they're your friend, ask them to give you 20, uh, 50 bucks. And everybody kind of laughed because it was funny. And, and then one guy from the audience yelled out to John and said, John, can I have 50 bucks? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> John said, well, yes, you can. And, and the gentleman came up there, and right there on the spot, he gave him 50 bucks. And he said, well, wait a minute. He says, I want to give you another 50. And this 50 is not for you. It's for you to give to somebody else. Right. Right? And then yeah. a little while later, this woman brought this um, piece of chocolate made out of uh, the cover of his book, Leadership. Uh, so it was a, a, a book cover uh, made out of chocolate. And right. presented that to John Maxwell. And, and then this guy comes up and gives her that $50. Right. Uh, it's so powerful. And then there was another aspect where this young girl asked a question. Uh, and, and by the way, that, that's something to um, uh, be a part of what you talked about with, with uh, John Maxwell's materials in schools. And they have a youth program that kicked off this uh, IMC for the first time, if I'm understanding it correctly. And uh, so there was uh, a couple hundred kids there uh, that are going through the program. And uh, so one of them got up to ask a question. And so John took the time to answer that question, and then he said, you know what? I want you to read five books. Would you read five books? And this girl said, well, yeah. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you those five books five books of mine, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to pay you for those five books of mine to read them. And right there on the spot, he paid her a hundred bucks to read the five books. So it just, that was just one of the many, but just to see not only it being preached and talked about, so to speak, but to see it in, in application where people were added value to, and it was just so powerful and impacting. Yeah, just you're absolutely right, and I think that and what's great is it's not just from the stage, right? It's one thing to preach it from the stage, but then to see it in action when it's not about the person on the stage. There was one moment where we were eating lunch one day, and somebody came in from the John Maxwell team, and you know these the people working at the hotel had been you know serving us three meals a day, and we're talking there were like 3,500 people there at this conference, and so it was busy and a lot of work. And in the middle of the lunch, they stopped it, and they had, they had every single waiter and server and busboy and, the, you know, the, the, the expediters and the food captains and the cooks, and they had them all come out in the middle of, of the dining hall, and they thanked them for serving us. 
and it was a huge thunderous round of applause. They did it in English and in Spanish, and they presented everybody with one of the John Maxwell, the JMT DNA pins, and it just showed appreciation for these people that have been serving us all, you know, for the entire conference to let them know that they're important and they're valuable. And that that was just an awesome experience because that yeah. wasn't from the stage. That didn't need to be done, but they right. did it. And uh, it was recognizing people just showing up and doing their jobs made a difference right. for us. And I, that was a really powerful moment as well. Absolutely. And, and to see that even just through one another, it, it, it was so powerful. It didn't matter uh, how much money you had. Uh, nobody knew each other's background. We were just all together. And it was just this big love fest, if you will, of just yep. people – uh, you know, pouring love on each other and, and encouraging one another. Uh, just, wow, it was so powerful for every person, I think, uh, who went. I think every person that left there felt motivated and uh, fueled and charged up to go and do whatever it is that they were going to do. So, uh, so powerful stuff. And uh, I'm still trying to debrief from all of it because it was just so powerful and impacting, and it, it affected my life greatly. Uh, so, uh, well, so that all of that fueled us and uh, gave us some uh, momentum to come back home and uh, kick off a, um, uh, our mastermind. So right. uh, we just started that last week. Why don't you give us some highlights on that? Yeah, so a mastermind group is part of the John Maxwell core curriculums. I mean, there's five things that John Maxwell team coaches do. They coach people, they do public speaking, uh, they do mastermind groups, uh, they, they play the leadership game, which is awesome, and then they do uh, personality disc assessments, right? Um, so those are the five key things that we do as part of the John Maxwell team. But the mastermind groups are designed to take people – who are in leadership roles or people that desire to become better leaders of themselves and people and organizations. And you come together with one common goal. You read one of the John Maxwell books, and then you break it down and discuss it with deep probing questions on a weekly basis. And so we opened this up and we had about 14 people that signed up for our first mastermind group. And last week we had 12 that came out of the 14 this week, we actually grew. We had three people that weren't able to make it for week two, but four new people showed up. So we had more this week than last week. And I just think and, it has and, been... And by the way, by the yeah. way it's, it's supposed to be a small group. Right. That's correct. Yes, that's correct. So, yeah, you don't want to do these in large groups. You can't do these with 25, 30 people because not everyone gets a chance to share. So a good-sized mastermind group is anywhere between 8 and 12, 8 and 14 people. Um, so it, it's intentional to be that size. But what's been awesome about this, Tom, and, and you can add on to this too, is that the people have been coming, and once they start to talk, and once you break through that ice in these 90-minute meetings, um, people open up and they get vulnerable. And when someone gets vulnerable, in other words, they're willing to start sharing things about themselves that maybe they haven't spoken about in a while, or they haven't said it because they haven't trusted the people that they're around, or... Or they, they decide to take a risk and say, you know what, these are my weaknesses. This is what I need to work on. When that happens in one of these groups, all of a sudden the light bulbs begin to go off 
for those people sitting around the table. They understand mm-hmm. they have weaknesses and they have problems as well, and it gives them an opportunity to say, hey, I need help with this. Hold me accountable to this. Give me ideas on this. It's just such a powerful experience when you get motivated people to come together around the table that are reading the same thing and sharing the same interest, and all of a sudden they begin moving together uh, in a similar direction. So it's really powerful. Yes, I, I agree. And it's it's powerful that when one person gets vulnerable enough to, to share some things that the others start to open up and, and share some things too and, and share some of the, uh, you know, the weaknesses and and uh, areas of um, uh, failure, if you will, uh, just to bring it up to the surface so that it can be talked about and, uh, you know, people to be encouraged uh, in their growth process and and uh, it, it, it's just, uh, it, it's very powerful. And what's nice about it is that we're all learning from one another uh, because a lot of times we find that we're all going through similar situations. And and, and hearing this stuff really encourages uh, one another to say, hey, you know, I, I thought I was the only one that felt like that or I thought I was the only one that dealt with stuff like that. And And to know that you're not alone and to know that there is resources and there is discussion and there's coaching, as you mentioned, that can help us move from where we are to where we need to go. And uh, as we said, especially in today's mastermind, uh, to grow yourself, you have to know yourself. And so mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of uh, self-revealing today and, mm-hmm. and uh, getting us in, in the position to grow. Yeah, so week one, we talked about the first uh, – by the way, and this mastermind is based on the book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. And uh, the very first chapter is the law of intentionality. And so that's what we discussed uh, in the very first week. And this, by the way, is a five-week mastermind, so we're only going to be covering the first five chapters of the book. Um, and this is a free one. We, we offered this one free to the community uh, just to add value to people and invite them to come out. Um, but the law of intentionality was the very first week. Tom, talk about the law of intentionality a little bit and what you took away from that that first session from the first week. Well, you know, <laughs> what does it say that the uh, roads are paved with good intentions? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of good intentions out there. And we may have an intention to do something, but we have to be intentional about doing something. We have to uh, actually put one step, one foot in front of the other to uh, achieve growth in our lives. Uh, You know, a lot of us, and and Bert, I think you brought this out, you know, for everyone to look at their watch and and to see if the word someday appears on there. And, uh, And it doesn't. Someday is never going to come or usually never comes. And and so we find ourselves in the same spot we were uh, a few months later or six months or a year, five years, ten years later, we're still in the same position because we've not been intentional in our growth. Uh, our growth is not going to happen automatically. Our growth is going to happen when we're intentional about growing ourselves. So um, what does that mean? That means we have to first 
decide what it is where we want to grow in our life, where we want to succeed at in our lives, where we want to make significance at in our lives. And then we begin to uh, set up a plan to do that. Uh, again, just because you want to lose weight doesn't mean you're going to lose weight. You have to take the steps necessary. So what time is involved in that? And uh, spending some extra time, cutting some extra time, scheduling some extra time to to do something like that. Uh, maybe it's in, in devotions or uh, your spirituality and, and getting time with um, with God or whatever the case may be, that you take time to invest in that relationship with God. Or let's say, uh, you know, you want to become a great athlete. Well, just because you're in the bleachers watching somebody run around the track doesn't make you a runner. You have to get out there and begin to run and stretch and and do all those things. So it takes the intentionality uh, to uh, to make all these things begin to happen. And here's the thing. It has to be intentional with consistency. Uh, just going to the gym one day, you're probably not going to see results uh, after one day. But it's today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then eventually, you will begin to see the results. That's right. Does that sound about right, Bert? No, that's that's fantastic, man. You're absolutely correct, though. I mean, we talked about, you know, we, we gave the example of uh, of losing weight, right? I mean, people have every every year, right? The first of the year, January 1st, I have good intentions. I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to get in shape this year. And so we here's the thing. We all know within ourselves what we need to do to lose weight, right? And it, it's so funny when you think about it. There, the The market for weight loss and getting healthy and diet programs and everything else that's out there, people spend millions of dollars, right, a year on figuring out how to lose weight and how to get in shape. But the truth is we all know how to do it. If you want to lose weight, you have to burn more calories than you take in. That's it. I mean, it's a simple equation. We all know what that equation is. So what do we do? With that knowledge, that information that we all have from within ourselves that we know, we go out and we buy an exercise bike, right? So we go out and we get, we test out different bikes to see how they feel, and then we go get the the, the perfect exercise, um, you know, the workout gear that makes us look really good or portrays a message on, on it that shows the rest of the world that we're getting in shape. And then what do we do? We maybe we go join a gym, right? We go get a gym membership because they're all on sale and everybody's doing it. But then what happens, like you said, if, you, if you're not intentional with it or you're not consistent with it, you want to lose weight, you know how to lose weight, you have the ability to lose weight, but just because you purchase the exercise bike doesn't mean you're going to lose weight. It just means you have a piece of equipment in your house that, that holds the potential to help you lose the weight. Or you get the gym membership, and now you have all the potential in the world. You can go to the gym. You can work out with people. You can get a personal trainer. You hold the key in your hand to do it, but we're not intentional. So a lot of people purchase gym memberships, and the gym is so busy the first four weeks of the year. You know, there's Somebody told a story one time, you know, you get to the gym and it's packed and it's busy and you can't get on a treadmill and you can't get on a bike. And 
one guy went up to the counter and said, man, I'm so frustrated. Every time I come here to get the equipment, it's never available. And the guy behind the desk says, don't worry, just come back starting in two weeks and you can have your choice of treadmill because the people that are intentional to start the journey don't continue beyond that. But growth doesn't just happen. And I remember we talked about this at that first mastermind. Like if you, if you want to gain weight, you can gain weight. Like nobody has to think about gaining weight, right? I mean, you can just eat and eat and have snacks and get the pizza with all the sausage. Like nobody sets out to say, man, I need to gain some weight today. Unless you need it if you're a wrestler or whatever the case is. No one says, man, I'm just going to go out and gain a bunch of weight, right? Nobody does that. It just happens naturally, slowly over time because we're unintentional with diet habits and the way we eat and the way we work out. But man, all of a sudden, we decide we want to get in shape, and we're like, okay, the the damage or the, the unintentional principles that I've applied to my body for the last four years or 10 years or 20 years, which allowed you to put on an extra weight and not be as fit, now we expect a miracle to happen that, okay, I'm going to get intentional about working out, and four weeks into it, we give up because we don't see the results, but we forgot that it took us four years or 10 years to get to the point where we are. And so growth is not going to happen automatically. There is no such thing as automatic growth. You have to be intentional about it. And those are some of the conversations we had last week. And I just think it really, really hit home, man. You got to be intentional about growth. And if you're not intentional and you're not consistent with it, it's not going to happen. And one of the best ways to do that is to have accountability. You know, have someone that's going to be looking out for you, not telling you what to do or what they think you should do, but someone who wants to listen to your dreams and your goals and the purpose that you want to achieve and then hold you accountable to your own dream, right? Right. You have a dream to get in shape. That's great. Tell me how you're going to do it, and then I'm going to hold you accountable to what you said. I'm not going to tell you you got to eat three hard-boiled eggs and cabbage soup and whatever else you're going to do you know, over the course of six weeks or 10 weeks, it's not my job. My job is to kind of be, hold up a reflection to yourself to say, okay, here's what you said you were going to do four weeks ago. Are you still doing it? And what do you have to do to get back on the bus, you know, to make Mm -hmm. that happen. Right. You know, I I love it. People always say, Tom, this is my favorite, right? People tell me, I hear this all the time, man, I am really on the struggle bus this week. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the deal. Nobody accidentally gets on a bus. (laughs) Like, if you're on the struggle bus, it's because you got on the struggle bus. And because you were able to get on the bus, you have the ability to get off of that bus at any time you want to. No one's forcing you to stay on the struggle bus, man. Get off the bus and, and and get on the on the motivational subway or whatever you got to do, but you control that. You change that. You just have to be intentional about what it is that you're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I came across this this picture this past week. Uh, it, this poster board at a school it said it said the headline was "Meet the person responsible for," and it had all these mirrors over top of these words like actions, the words of your mouth, your success, your growth, your this, your that. And so every word had a mirror 
for you to look into. It says, look who is responsible for your growth, for your words, for your, right? We are responsible for that. I liked how you shared that even today, Bert, how you said that it's, it's up to you. If you want to grow, if you want to go to the next level, so to speak, that you have to be intentional. Um, no one else can do it for you. Um, right. You know, it would be nice if I could have someone else lose weight for me or, uh, you know, be able to handle uh, a confrontational meeting for me instead right. of me doing it. But, you know, there's things that we just have to do because it is what we have to do. And more importantly, in order to grow ourselves, no one else can do it for us. We have mm -hmm. to do it. We have to be right. intentional on doing it. And the good thing about it is we don't have to do it all at once, right? We can take right. the time to do one, grow in one area. I mean, if we even took the time to say, you know what, I'm going to grow in this one area of my life for the next four, six, eight weeks or whatever the case may be, I'm going to take the time to invest in this area of my life for that amount of time so that I can grow in this area. I think... Uh, John Maxwell said that if you do the same, um, uh, work on the same goal uh, or the same um, area of strength for like uh, an, an hour a day, I think, for, for five years, that you'll become a master mm -hmm. at it or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, so it's, it's, it's asking yourself, what do you want? And then going after it. And that uh, led us to uh, what we talked about today is, is uh, yeah. the law of awareness. So it's nice to be intentional, but if we don't know what we need to be intentional about, we're still going to be stuck. So why don't you uh, unpack that law that we talked about today about awareness? Absolutely. So the law of awareness, and again, it talks about that phrase that Tom and I use a lot, is that you must know yourself to grow yourself. And a lot of times, it's almost like we have a bunch of zombies living in the world around us. They just kind of go with the flow. There's no sense of purpose. There's no sense of direction. And that's what we talked about today, first of all, is do you have a sense of direction? Do you have a sense of direction? Do you know where you're going, right? In order to grow yourself, you have to know four key things. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you interested in? And what are your opportunities? And then to reach your full potential, you have to know where you are on that map that is your life. And then more importantly, where do you want to be? There's so many people out there, they feel stuck. And Tom, I think it's because we've, we haven't, we either have forgotten how to dream. We no longer know how to dream about what the future could be. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams, right? If you don't believe in your dreams or if you don't have a dream, then you have no direction. You've lost your compass. And if you don't know where you are right now, you can't get to where you want to be because there's a path to get there. there. There's a journey that you have to go through. You have to be able to explore where you're going. Now, we talked today about that word explore and how it's an intentional verb, right? I mean, it's an intentional verb, right? Ex exploration is like pioneering, right? You're the first one to do it. You're the one that has to hoe the road. You're the one that has to, uh, to, 
to use the machete and knock down the brush. You're the one that has to make the path to get there. It's your map, not somebody else's. You have to be the one to get to where you want to be. And there's really three people. There's three kinds of people in life uh, when it comes to finding direction, right? So there's either people who don't know what they would like to do, okay, which means they're confused and they have no direction. Then there's people who, then there's people who know what they want to do, but they don't do it, right? And that's probably the right. majority of people. They're frustrated, so they know what they want to do, but they don't know how to do it. And then you have people who know what they want to do. And they actually do it. And yeah. that's where fulfillment comes in, right? Fulfillment is when you know what you want to do and you're able to do it. But so many of us just don't know what we want to do. Or we know what we want to do, but we don't know how to do it. And that really kind of leads into passion and purpose. Do you want to talk at all about passion and purpose, Tom, or you want me to keep going? Yeah, so that is is – one of my passions is to talk about passion and purpose. Uh, man, we were created for a purpose, right? We were put here on this earth to to be a part of the the larger body, if you will, of uh, humankind. Um, you know, all of us have a part to play to to make the world go around and. Uh, the problem is is that a lot of us find ourselves, uh, I mentioned today, going from high school into college, taking a, a major in some something that we just thought was good for us to take or uh, our parents uh, directed us that way or, or whatever the case may be, and then come to find out five years, ten years later that we hate it. It's not what we wanted to do. It's not what we feel like we were called to do or put on this earth to do. And and so we feel like we're trapped now. Now I have to stay in this job because I have to support my family or, or whatever the case may be. And as you said a moment ago, we stop dreaming and we miss out on some great opportunities. And I love what John said in the book. He said there are two great days in a person's life the day you are born, and the day you discover why. Oh, my gosh. I, I just yeah. get shivers every time I say that. Yeah. The day you discover why you were born, it, it's a powerful thing. And, and then he goes on to say, seek what you are born to do, and then once you find it, pursue it with all your might, right? And, and, and so... Uh, <laughs> John was saying on a on a podcast, he was saying that uh, he says, you know, I don't understand why people keep doing the the job that they hate, and then feel like yeah. you know they're they're uh, when they retire they're getting paroled from prison. Um, right. You know, why do we do that? He says, why don't you quit? And everybody says, well, I got to provide for my family, and that that's all true, and yes, it is, but. Is there something that we could do to begin fulfilling that dream? Uh, one of the questions asked today is, or, or maybe we didn't get to ask this one, but what are you willing to give up or what are you willing to do to fulfill your purpose? You know, what is that? What is purpose? Man, that thing that makes you get up in the morning and say, I cannot wait to get to work today. Um, 
Bert, you were sharing with me earlier today that, you know, what we're doing with these masterminds and stuff, I mean, this stuff gives us passion, right? We love doing this thing. And and it's not work when you love doing it. And, And that's what's so powerful. You know, they say the secret of success is doing what you love to do and getting paid for it. That is the ultimate. Now, um, there are so many other questions um, uh, to ask yourself during that process, but the first of it, as you said, Bert, we have to know ourselves to grow ourselves. And then once we know who we are, we know what our likes are, we know what we can do, like currently, what we'd like to do. Um, You know, so many people are stuck because... They think they have to do something on a grand scale. They have to be a pro golfer or, or a major league baseball player in, in order to be successful. When some of the things that, that you are just created to do, you're, you're as unique as your fingerprint. You are created to do something that's unique to you, right? And, and it may be similar to someone else. In other words, you may be able to uh, swing a golf club just like someone else, but it's unique to you because it's your story. It's your ability. It's mm-hmm. it's your passion. Mm-hmm. And you can be a, uh, a novice golfer or you can be someone like Tiger Woods who invested, invested, invested the time and, uh, you know, and, and did something great in the golf community, which, by the way, I've only golfed probably a dozen times in my entire life, but the, the idea here is is find what you're passionate about. Discover it. Take the time, as you said a little while ago, Bert, about dreaming, taking the time to dream. Think about what you could do if you knew you wouldn't fail. Right. Think about what you would do if you knew you had all the resources to do it. I know, even though you don't right now, right? Mm-hmm. Take the time and think about it. Take the time to dream. Man, I've always wanted to do this or do that. Or perhaps, here's the other thing. Maybe it's a trip you want to go on. Maybe you want to tour the world. Or, or go to uh, a European vacation, right? And, and so what's it going to take to get there? So that brings us to the why. Why we're, we're willing to do what we're willing to do, mm-hmm. right? And if we have that why, that motivates us to do what we're supposed to do. And then we're fueled to do it. Man, if you know, that, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my dad used to offer me $20 for every A I would get in school because I didn't get very many A's going to school growing <laughs> up. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was passion there for me to get an A because I knew I'd get $20. And, and so what motivates us? What is the reason? What's the why? And uh, all of that comes together to that law of awareness. Yeah, it's awareness is key. You know, not only do we have to know what we want to do, what the why is, but then do we know what to do so we can do what we want to do, right? And oftentimes that's where that's why so many people live in that second category that we talked about, Tom. Right? People who know what they want to do, but they don't do it. 
And a mm-hmm. lot of times it's because they just don't know what it is they're supposed to do. So, I mean, they have to be aware. They have to become incredibly conscious of every choice that they make. Um, they have to know that, that, that their actions have results. And then the, the major difference that we know that hap- the major difference that exists between those who do it and those who don't do it is that those who do it actually do it. It's just that simple, right? There's action to it. You have to put action to your dreams. And then you need mm-hmm. to have accountability, right? These are the, the four A's, I guess you could say, right? You need that accountability. That accountability is when you have a shared accountability with a friend or a coach or, or personal accountability, whatever it is. But unless you have awareness to know what's happening around you and, and know what your strengths and your weaknesses are and to know what your passions are and, and what your interests are, unless you put action to those to make them all come together, and then you have somebody holding you accountable to it to make sure you do it, well, that's all important. But then the fourth A that I think is overlooked is the law of, is that law of attraction, right? What type of people mm-hmm. are you attracting and are they like-minded in your success? And we talked about that a little bit today, right? If you want to know what type of person you are, look at the type of company you keep. You attract people like yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if you're hanging around, and let's just, let's just, you know, I mean, just, just for the sake of time and words, if you're hanging around a bunch of losers, <laughs> you should be, you should be, Asking yourself from awareness, wait a minute, why do all the people I hang out with struggle so much with finances or, or, or accountability or not taking action? Why do I hang out with all these people? Because who you hang around, who you choose to associate with tends to become who you are, right? So if, if you're married and, and you have a, if you're married to your spouse and your marriage isn't that great and you want to have a great marriage, you need to start hanging around other couples who have great marriages. You don't want to mm-hmm. hang out with couples that suck at being married, right? You want to hang out with people that are thriving in marriages so you have something to look up towards. If you want to run a great business and you're struggling with your business, you don't want to go hang out with people who have filed for bankruptcy and, and, and closed their businesses down, you want to go hang out with people who are struggling in business and found a way out of it so that you can pull yourself out and be more like them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tom, you said something today that was really good, right? If you're hanging out with nine broke people, you're going to become the 10th broke person mm-hmm. because you have to be around those people who are going to help you be aware, that are going to encourage you to take action, they're going to hold you accountable to your dream and where you want to go on your map, and then they're going to help you attract people that are like you and encourage you to move up and be near people that can help bring you up as well. Absolutely. But some people might be saying, well, well, these people I'm hanging around with are, are my best friends and, and, my, and my family even. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that's that's a tough one. But we have to move to the point where we're not going to allow um, their uh, current incapacity or their current situation to keep us from moving forward. Because a lot of times when we begin moving forward, other people start getting jealous. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Uh, you know, I was just reading this in, in the book called Training for Reigning, that once you start stepping into that calling and you've been consistent all this time and now the doors have opened and success has come to you and you're just stepping into it, when you do that, the people around you start, well, hopefully they'll cheer you on. Great job. So proud of you. That's great. That's wonderful. But usually it's just the opposite. It's, you know, they think they're better than us and, and, and all this stuff comes up. And, and, it's, and it's really sad because uh, they say, well, you know, I want that too. But, you know, John often says, are you willing to do what he did in order to get what he got? Mm-hmm. Right? And are yeah. we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to pay the price? And the thing is, is that it is available to all of us. Bert, tell us, tell everyone real quick about the um, undercover billionaire and, and the idea behind that. Yeah, the concept of this new show that's on uh, Discovery Channel, there's a, a self-made billionaire who basically wanted to set out and prove that the American dream is still alive. And so what he's doing in this the short, I think it's eight or ten episodes, he basically said that if you take him and drop him in any city in America with $100 and a new identity, no connection to who he really is or his money, that he could take that $100 and turn it into a million-dollar business in 90 days. And for a lot of people, that's got to be mind-blowing. Like There are people yeah. right now who have $1,000 in debt, and they can't imagine paying off $1,000 in debt in 90 days, let alone take 100 bucks and all of a sudden turned into a million-dollar business. So I don't want to give away the whole story. I happen to know a lot about the show because it was filmed in my hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, and I already know what the outcome is. But this guy gets dropped in Erie, Pennsylvania, a rust belt city that's on the decline with $100 in his bank. And a lot of people say, look, here's the bottom line, man. If you want to do well in life, you know, there are people who can't even afford to, to feed their kids or they, they can't pay their basic bills. And listen, I don't disagree with any of that. There's a thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And the very bottom need is you have to be able to – it's food and shelter and, 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 and protection and, and being able to take care of your kids. I get that. That's at the very base. But before you can move up higher on the list of Maslow's hierarchy of needs to self-actualization and deep relationships, you have to take care of the basic needs. This guy knew that. So he showed up in Erie and he said, okay, for me to live in Erie for 90 days, I'm going to need $3,000. I need $3,000 in the bank to cover rent and food and gas and everything else I'm going to need. So this guy hustled for 14 weeks or for 14 days. And he was able to make enough money to get into an apartment and to have what he needed to begin moving forward because he knew until that those needs were met, he wouldn't be able to focus on starting a million-dollar business. First, he just had to take care of you know, gas in the tank and ramen noodles and whatever he needed to do to make it happen. But then something happened. Once those basic needs were met, he was able to stop focusing on the bare minimums that we need, and then he was able to start dreaming. Remember that, Tom? That's what I loved. Before he started dreaming about what needed to happen in the future, he took care of today. He said, okay, this is what I need, which in a way, that's dream casting, right? 
How many times in life do we go through life and say, oh, woe was me. I don't have the money for this. But we don't even know how much money it costs to live. Like how many people don't even know what their budgets are anymore, right? When you know what you need, then you go out and you go get it. And when you get it, then you can start to dream beyond your basic needs. And, you know, this mm-hmm. guy now, I, I'm not going to give the whole story away, but it's amazing that this guy, is a, he has a billion-dollar mindset, right? A billion-dollar mm-hmm. mindset is one that says, how quickly can we get to the million-dollar business? Where someone who's in a paycheck-to-paycheck mindset, all they think about is, how can I make what I have stretch until the next paycheck? Where the million-dollar mindset says, how do I get beyond my next four paychecks so that I can start working on my million-dollar dream? There's a big difference there, right? Yeah, totally. So this this guy says, hey, I'm going to take the 100 bucks and I turn it into $3,000. And then once he gets the $3,000, he goes out and he gets some he gets some money by doing some work. Uh, he, and so he goes and he finds stuff that he can sell and he has to find his buyer before he finds his product, which is a great thing. Don't ever try to sell something if there's not a, a demand or a buyer for it. And he sells some old tires that he found that somebody threw away. And he takes that money and he goes out and buys a used car and he gets it cleaned up and he sells that car for a better car. And then he takes that car and he sells that car to get money to have a down payment uh, for for a house he has to flip because he knows in order to get a million-dollar business, he needs capital to go to the next level of the dream. I encourage you guys to watch this show, man. Uh, Undercover yeah. Billionaire on Discovery Channel. It is fantastic because it shows you the type of mindset to be intentional and to be aware that your everyday decisions affect your dreams. Um it's just an awesome show. It's a great show. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, this guy did, uh, was his high school dropout or, or uh, didn't go high to college. High school dropout. He got he got his girlfriend pregnant when he was 14 years old. Uh, had issues with his with his parents. Just every single card was stacked against this guy. But Tom, you know what happened? He found a mentor. He found somebody in an industry where he he had a passion, and his passion was, I want to make money. I don't want to be poor like my parents were. And he found a mentor, and the mentor did this. He made sure that that Gary got committed, right? If you have to, and this this goes for all of us, man. We need to get committed. Do you know people who do what you'd like to do? So get committed, and that means if you have to, pay people for their time and their advice. It is such a fallacy in our culture that we think that people are supposed to just give away their time, their advice for free, that mentoring should be free. No, if you want to, if you really want to be committed to seeing your dream come true, then find someone who can coach you and mentor you and don't be afraid to pay for it. Because when we pay for things, we value those things, right? And then be consistent, Get, be committed be consistent, meet regularly with someone who's going to help you, be creative, learn from people, even if you can't meet with them. And Tom, you said it perfectly this morning. We're all learning from John Maxwell, even though everybody that sat in that mastermind is probably never going to meet John Maxwell. John doesn't know their names, but they're learning from him, even though Mm -hmm. they can't meet with him personally. So then it's being reflective, right? When you're done working with a coach or a mentor, be reflective on the encounter and discover what you're learning 
And then finally, I know this is one of your favorites and mine, it's be grateful. Always showing the appreciation and having that attitude of gratitude for what you're learning from others. Because when you have that, that appreciation and that attitude of gratitude, man, it just makes such a difference because when you're thankful for something, you appreciate it more. When you appreciate it more, you value it. And when we value something, we take care of it, right? And so there's a lot of people out there that, man, if they could just value what they've been given in life, it could change their entire paradigm. That's that's right. That's so right. And, uh, man, if we would just take the time, even after this call, you know, I I would challenge everybody. uh, I I guess we can forward to a a tip and challenge to everyone and, and, and just say, you know, if a- after this call, take some time to think about what we talked about, uh, to take some time to think about uh, what you've just read or or the, the last podcast you heard or seminar you went to um, or even a Sunday morning service that you went to. Take some time to think about what was talked about in that service and, and, and in that seminar to see how that applies to your life or how it can apply to your life. You know, uh, I did a um, a sermon uh, a few months back, and, and I mentioned how, you know, some people are stuck in their life. And it was just about 30 seconds that I talked about that, but that's what someone heard. They were stuck in their life. And, and they came up to me on a Wednesday night and said, you know what, when you talked about being stuck, I was stuck. He said, but I I had a dream uh, that I was in this truck and the rear end of the truck was stuck in the mud and and I was being lifted up out of it, becoming unstuck. And he says, and now I want to do something different with my life. And and, and that's what he's been doing. Um, So... It, and it was just a, a passing phrase. So sometimes it's not that whole sermon. Sometimes it's not that whole seminar or that whole IMC like we attended. Maybe it's just that one thing, Bert, like you took away with that one thing about significance, that one thing that drives us to want better, to want to grow, to want to do something, to get out of our current situation and go to the next level. We have to be intentional and we have to be aware. Uh, that's some good stuff. Good Absolutely, stuff. Man. It was good today. So here's the deal, man. We we have an opportunity. You know, we're doing this free mastermind group right now um, that we decided to launch off with, and we've had some great attendance so far, and uh, we've had some people come and go. Uh, but we're going to be doing another one. But the next one we're going to be doing, it's, it's paid. So it's going to cost you some money. We just talk about, you know, are you willing to pay the price, right? Will you pay the price to do what you want to do? Are you going to start doing today what you want to do? Or are you going to put it off to someday, which never shows up on the clock? It never happens. And then imagine what it will be like when you get to do what you want to do. And the best way to do that, guys, you have to hear us today. If you want to grow yourself, you have to know yourself. And because so many people don't really know who they are, they don't know their strengths, their weaknesses. We have a a paid mastermind group that includes a behavioral analysis in it. And it's going to be starting up on Saturday, October the 19th, and it's only four weeks, Saturday the 19th, Saturday, October the 26th, Saturday, November the 2nd, and Saturday, November the 9th. It's four weeks. We'll be doing four chapters from the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth that Tom and I are going to choose. 
We're going to handpick them. We're going to dive into them. And then that fourth week, we're going to be including a Maxwell DISC method um, a behavioral analysis that goes in that. And what this does is it's going to give you a 30-page report on your personality and who you are. It's going to give you a, a great picture of where you are on the map of your life. A lot of times maybe you, you may struggle with communicating or you may struggle with relationships with people and it might just be because you don't know who you are as a person. This report tells you who you are, what your tendencies are, and then it shows you the best ways that you can interact with other people. Because we're not all the same, right? I mean, Tom, you and I are, are very different people. We're, we both share similar motivations, but the way we go about achieving those goals are different. And our differences are not bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not bad. Being different is good. It's just, but it's learning how to work with each other through those differences that opens up doors of opportunity. So I want to encourage everyone that's listening. If you want to make an investment in yourself over four weeks, starting Saturday, October the 19th, going through Saturday, November the 9th, four weeks, an hour and a half each week, it's $200 per person. You can invest in yourself. You're going to have two coaches who are going to be working with you over those four weeks to get you moving in the right direction to find where you are on the map of life and to help you discover where it is you want to go and to get you moving in the right direction. So I just want to encourage everyone, if you have any desire to invest in yourself, take that first step, pay the price, start doing it, and imagine what it's going to be like when you begin that journey with consistency and intentionality. Oh, that's good stuff. That's some really good stuff. Well, uh, do you have anything else to share, a tip or a challenge or anything like that before we uh, sign off today? Oh, man, I think this whole podcast has been tips and challenges, brother. I don't even know. I mean, there's so much. But just just do it, man. Do the mastermind group. Join us. Uh, go to the website, realleadershipcompany.com. Sign up for the mastermind group and make it happen. You can be intentional with your life starting uh, Saturday, October the 19th. Do the four-week course with us. I promise you will not be disappointed. All right. Well, you heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, be there or be, or be square. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, trust me, it's going to be fantastic, and your life is going to be impacted so much for it, especially because you took the steps to be intentional. And uh, so thank you for being a part of this uh, podcast today. Uh, again, I'm Tom Ray, and this is Bert Koppel and Life, Love, and Leadership from Real Leadership Company. Thank you for listening today. God bless you.